0: Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Acts. The New Testament book of Acts in Acts in chapter number 6. The book of Acts in chapter number 6. We're currently in a Sunday school series dealing with the idea of discipleship. And through this series, we've been defining in our terms as discipleship as Becoming a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we've been walking through this, we've been trying to explain what a true follower of Jesus Christ looks like. That we know that there's a difference between salvation and following after Him. Salvation is quite simply... Recognizing and accepting the free gift of God, knowing that we're a sinner because of where sin we've offended a holy, righteous God, but that Jesus died for us to pay our price so we wouldn't have to go to that awful place called hell, and coming to the place where we personally accept that gift for ourselves. That's what salvation is and receiving that gift. Discipleship goes a little bit further deciding to follow after Christ is a decision you make afterwards to follow after Christ with your life. And not everyone who becomes saved becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And so the whole emphasis of the Sunday School series is trying to explain about becoming a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as we're building upon this bit by bit by bit, we now come to a different aspect dealing with discipleship. And we now come to the book of Acts chapter number 6. Acts chapter 6, and we're going to start here uh, because there's an interesting phrase that we want to see, but we want to see the context of it. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. And in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the world of God and serve tables. Wherefore brethren look ye out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom that we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and Pachrist and (laughs) Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they had set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great benefit of the, or great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. If you don't mind, if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, notice a phrase that we find in the book of Acts chapter number six. The book of Acts chapter six, and notice with me in verse number seven. Acts chapter six and verse number seven, notice this phrase, the disciples multiplied. The disciples multiplied. Multiplied, and with this, we're going to hit a lesson dealing with the idea that multiplication requires discipleship. Multiplication requires discipleship. Now, in God's work, we know that addition is not enough, and we are also interested that as we go through the book of Acts, which is the continuing work of the apostles through the work of the Holy Spirit, we could see the church growing, that all the way starting at uh, Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 5, we could see the mathematical term of addition. What's addition? You take one thing and you add something else to it. That's addition. Addition. What's interesting is that past Acts chapter number 6, or starting in Acts chapter 6, we now have a new mathematical term that is described that is called multiplication. And that we know that addition is not enough. What do I mean by that? Only one person can effectively reach a certain amount of people. That's just fact and structure. One person is, can only do so much. But when we multiply our efforts and there's multiple people doing it, then more work can be done. This is the miracle of multiplication and this is how God has designed the world to be reached. Not by one person attempting to do everything. By, by us training other people to do the same thing and us all doing it together. This is the miracle of multiplication that God has designed and programmed the church to operate and to work for. Now in Acts chapter 2 verse 41, we're not going to turn there. It should be a familiar verse to you. But it deals that there were added that day 3,000 souls. So we could see that term addition. And that was great. That Peter preaching in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. 3,000 people were added. We would not complain about a day like that. But God was not interested in just adding. And so remember that when we see a circumstance, we need to look beyond the circumstance and see the God behind it up to this time, they've been adding bit by bit by bit. They added daily, the Bible talks about. They added here. They added here. But now in Acts chapter 6, we start off with a problem. And by the way, the problem was allowed by God for the purpose of moving to the next stage. It's amazing how God uses problems to help us to move forward. Because if it wasn't for problems, we'd just get complica- uh, complacent and just yep. be glad to where, where we're at. And so the problem is, is that there became a murmuring, a gossiping by the Grecians, which were not Hebrew people, against the Hebrew church, talking about, hey, look, you're neglecting the widows. Whereas, whether that was true or not, that was what was accused. And so the disciples who had been trying to do everything, and praise the Lord, there was a decent number of disciples, but they realized they couldn't take care of everything. They needed help. And so this prompted here to what was now called the deacons to have the first deacons added. And the deacons were added so that way more of the work can be done without the neglecting of the word of God. And so, remember, so many times, the biggest enemy of the ministry is the ministry. What do I mean by that? That so often we get so busy doing things for God that we fail to spend time with God. We'll get more of that in this morning's message. But for this Sunday school time, we're putting that there was something that prompted And now they are focusing on multiplication. Now they have taken someone and they've trained them. And now they're doing the same thing. And it says the word of God in verse number 6. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. And the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And we're going to see this idea of multiplication carried on through the book of Acts. Now, every place where God's work is being done in a mighty way, the principle of discipleship is always in practice. May I illustrate it later on in Acts? Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter number 11. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Acts chapter 11, we're now moved our focus from the church of Jerusalem to the church of Antioch. And now Antioch is taking center stage. We're going to hear more about Antioch in our um, History of the Bible series. You're going to hear a lot about Antioch. You cannot underscore the importance of this church. Well, as we now introduce to this church in the book of Acts chapter number 11, Notice with me in verse number 26. Acts chapter 11 verse 26. And when he, that's Barnabas, found him, Saul, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves together in the church and taught much people. Now let's pause As we go through the Bible, we're going to see it's the Apostle Paul that really takes the drum of discipleship and he bangs it. We're going to look at that in just a second. And so here, Barnabas starts pastoring the church of Antioch and he says, this is too much for me. I need to find someone else that's more equipped. Praise the Lord for Barnabas' humbleness to realize that there was something that he couldn't do and he needed someone else to help him. So he goes and finds Saul who is, by the way, going to be called Paul later on. And he brings Paul to become the pastor of the church of Antioch. And during this year time, notice what they did. They taught much people. Now, with this taught much people, they're teaching within the church. This is discipleship. Now, notice, because discipleship was being emphasized in the church of Antioch, notice as it goes on, notice the last sentence in verse 26. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now today we've kind of mixed terminology up from the terminology of the Bible. Today we just define someone who's a Christian as someone who got saved. But here they were called Christians because they were disciples. The idea of Christian means I'm a follower of Christ. Not just saved, but I've made a decision to follow after Christ. They are just like Jesus in their practice and the way that they've been moving. And so they were called disciples. These disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Why? Because Paul took time to teach the people in the church to disciple them. Everywhere where you see God greatly using a church, it is because discipleship is being employed within that church. Maybe, perhaps, I could show you this principle a little bit more as Paul defines it in the book of 2 Timothy. The book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God, of course, is directing Paul. God's the one who's putting things in order. But notice this. We can see this definition of what we're talking about, about discipleship, and what is intended by it in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. So let's go ahead and define our terms. We've been talking about biblical interpretation. Who is speaking, class? (laughs) Paul, correct. Who's he speaking to? Timothy. So Paul is speaking to Timothy. All right. Notice again. And the things that thou, Timothy, has heard of me, Paul. So Paul taught Timothy. And the things that thou hast heard among me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Now may I just take a pause and say things that are different are not the same. Timothy was expected to take the very same thing Paul taught Timothy and he was expected to teach those same things to faithful men. Not just to any men, but faithful men, people that were going to be trusted because they were expected and the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Here we have four groups of people. We have Paul who taught a Timothy. A Timothy teaches faithful men and the faithful men are expected to teach others also. What are they supposed to teach? The same things. The same things. This is the essence of discipleship. Is that the, the Jesus taught the apostles, right? Acts chapter Two and verse forty-two, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Remember, I quoted 40, uh, Acts two forty-one earlier, where three thousand people were added to the church. Guess what happened after that? They were taught, they were discipled, and so <laughs> the apostles taught the disciples, or Jesus taught the apostles. The apostles. They taught the second century church, the second generation, and they continued steadfastly the apostles' doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine that tries to taught them. And then they took that same doctrine and taught the next people, and they taught the same thing to the next people, and they taught the same thing to the next people, and they taught the. And so we have this line of doctrine that should continue throughout the ages. And by the way, it does. We could find that through history. And we're supposed to teach the same thing. But in this essence, what is discipleship? Well, we understand here it's carrying the idea that a Paul teaches a Timothy. A Timothy teaches faithful men and the faithful men are expected to teach others also. By the way, you should be somewhere in this. Whether you're a Paul who's teaching a Timothy, all of us need to be a Timothy who have a Paul. All of us should be a Timothy that are looking to teach faithful men with the expectation that those faithful men should teach others also. This is the biblical principle. This is found throughout the scripture. And this is what we're expected to do. That discipleship, multiplication requires discipleship. By the way, it's been encouraging. Just as a side note, this has been uh, carried out before our eyes. I'm thankful that the Lord's allowed us to develop a discipleship course. We were able to take this course and teach to a young man who became a missionary to Italy. This missionary in Italy took the same course And taught an Italian man. That Italian man would then taught another man and just finished the course. Now that faithful man, that one that the missionary taught, is now going to the mission field as a missionary. In Italy, a homegrown mission... uh, A pastor inside of Italy going to start a church. This is exactly how it's supposed to be carried out. And by the way, if we talk to that fourth man, it's not playing the telephone game where I tell you something and then you think you get it. No, he knows the same thing we do because we taught him and it carried through. Does it make sense? The same thing. This is the biblical principle. All right, that's introduction. Let's kind of dive into this a little bit more. So, what are we talking about discipleship? Well, the first thing that we understand is that Christ must have his rightful place. It all begins with God. It all ends with God. God is the goal. This is the whole purpose is for him. The term disciple is sometimes thrown around loosely. Some people claim to me, well, we're all disciples. We are not. Understanding that when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you become saved. Becoming a disciple is on purpose following after Christ. In fact, we further define discipleship here as developing the habit of obedience to Christ. Developing the habit of obedience to Christ. That everything we do in the Christian life is habits. We get in the habit of going to church. We get in the habit of giving. We get in the habit of reading our Bible. We get in the habit of praying. Now, those are good godly habits But we're doing it for the purpose because this is what God has given us to do. Christ should have his rightful place. And I'm developing the habit to follow after him. And so that's what we define by discipleship. Now, when Christ does not have his rightful place in our life, then it's impossible for you to be a disciple. Because discipleship is following after him. And if he doesn't have his rightful place, we are not following after him. This is the open secret found in the Bible is this idea of multiplication and that we're getting more and more people who have made a decision to follow after him. As we continue on, we see this, a second principle, we must continue in his word. Turn with me to the gospel record of John chapter 8. The gospel record of John chapter 8. The gospel record of John chapter 8. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 31. The gospel record of John chapter number 8. Again, this is something that we find traced throughout all the scriptures. And Jesus himself made mention of it. John chapter 8 and verse 31. John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If... Ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. Here Jesus said it's impossible to be his disciple if we are not continuing in his word. Now, we know this begins with reading our Bible, but it goes beyond that. It carries the idea of obedience to him. Remember how I define discipleship? It's developing the habit of obedience to Christ. That's idea of discipleship is not that I went through a course. Um, again, I deal with preachers all the time that I'm trying to help. But they're like, yeah, I discipled someone. I gave them a book. Great. Doesn't mean anything. They could even read the book, but it doesn't mean anything. Not until they are following after Christ. They develop the habit. They're continuing in what God has given them to do. Can someone sit in a church for 30 years and not follow after Christ? Yes, yes they can. This is, discipleship is the idea that we're continuing in God's word, following after what God has given us to do. Now, remember that what happens is that as more and more people are following after God, the word of God increases, meaning that more people are following after him, more people are being obedient. Think about this, that we take one person (laughs) who teaches another person. And every week, they are witnessing to at least one person. The next year, as the first person finishes discipleship, there's an expectation that he is going to teach someone else. So now you have two people teaching two people. The next year, you have four people teaching four people. The whole time, each of those people witnessing to one person a week. Just one. The next year, eight take eight. The next year, 16 take 16. The next year, 32 takes 32. The next year, 64 takes 64. Now, if you have 64 people who are able to disciple someone else, do you have a pretty strong church? Absolutely. This is the idea of the miracle of multiplication, that under addition, one person can reach a certain amount of people, but with multiplication, the job can get done. Statistically, if we continue that way, the entire world can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't say become saved, but hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in 30 years. God has designed it to work. Now, why aren't we reaching the world? Because we've left out discipleship. We've failed in this matter. Which brings us to this part. We are to bear much fruit. As we're in John, turn with me to John chapter number 15. John 15. Again, some of these passages we've already hit in the previous week, so we're just kind of reviewing some of the things that we learn. But John 15, and notice verse 8. He's talking about abiding in me. This carries the idea of continuing in Christ, following after him, keeping our attention, what we've already mentioned earlier. Verse number 8. Chapter 15, verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so ye shall be my disciples. Why aren't we bearing much fruit? If you don't mind, I'm going to read a quote that Pastor Sexton wrote down that I agree wholeheartedly. It says, we have been foolish enough to become self satisfied by talking about how many people we have had professing faith in Christ. The word discipleship is almost a dirty word because we're too busy trying to get people saved. That is a sentiment that I get all the time when I teach discipleship to people in ministry. Well, we just need to concentrate on soul winning. By the way, I'm not against soul winning. Anybody who's been part of here, we're not against soul winning. But if we truly want people saved, It's not by addition, it's by multiplication. And so our efforts also, not replacing soul winning, but in addition to soul winning, must be in discipleship where we're teaching someone else also. This is the principle here. Why isn't the world being reached? Because People don't want to disciple. Soul winning's great and it's easy, wonderful. I had a young man who made an observation this morning when I was telling him about this. The reason why discipleship doesn't get done, it's too much work. What do you mean, too much work? Well, discipleship is best done one-on-one. And you gotta meet with each other once a week for whatever the long course is, ours is a year. That's a lot of time to invest. And there's lots of things to get done. Well, it's easier if we just don't do it. No, no, no. If we don't develop the habit of, of obedience to Jesus Christ in them, we're not going to have the multiplication. By the way, we are so thankful in this church that we have now have a bunch of y'all who've gone through the course. And this year, you're looking for your own people to disciple. We're going to start seeing that multiplication start picking up as you are now involved with the same thing. By the way, if you are not involved discipleship, come see me. We want you to be involved in discipleship. This is how the church is going to move forward and grow because we're going to do it God's way. Anyone could build a crowd, only God could build a church. And we want to build it so it's structured correctly, so it's stable and it's not going to fall apart just because the wind blows on it and This is what God has designed and we can see the thing done and it may seem like it starts off slowly at first, but when people have been discipled and they start discipling others and we continue on, we're going to watch God work. So again, may I ask as we kind of apply this, what part are you playing in discipleship? We know that a Paul is teaching a Timothy. The Timothy is supposed to take faithful men who are expected to go and take others also. Are you in part of discipleship with this local church? Are you currently involved? Meaning, uh, have you been in the course? If not, come see me. We'll love to get you involved in it for the purpose that we want to get you to develop the habit of obedience to Christ to help us along. For those of you who have graduated the course and gone through the course, remember, you're not truly graduated until you have someone you're currently teaching. Are you praying for them? Are you looking forward to that person? Are you anticipating it? You have not, because you ask not, are you praying, Lord, I want to see that person. God will bring that person by and we need people to teach because only one person can take care of a certain amount of people on his own. One person can only disciple a certain number of people on his own. We have to have this miracle multiplication. The much fruit will only come through discipleship and God has designed the miracle multiplication to run through discipleship. five three zero six three oh eight once again that number is nine two zero five three oh six three oh eight if there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you please let us know we would love to make ourselves available thank you